a new book about designing for voice. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Preston So, author and senior director of product strategy at Oracle. Welcome back, Preston. Hey, Tanya, good to be back on the show. How you doing? Good, good. So give us a quick summary of your professional background. Sure thing. So my history is a little bit checkered, so to speak. Um, I've been in digital transformation, in content marketing and digital marketing for too many years to count now, over two decades at this point. And I've been on all sides of the equation when it comes to how uh, consumers today, how customers today, how users today interact with digital content and online user experiences. When it comes to being on the agency side, building for Entertainment Weekly, uh, one of the most visited websites in the history of the internet, um, as well as a lot of exciting projects that really delve into what it means to have a digital experience and what it means to go beyond the web in terms of delivering content to people who are looking for information and people who are looking to connect in a deeper way with their brands and with their customer experiences. One of the things that I've been working on um, over the last few years, especially, is around different aspects of content architectures around online experiences and digital experiences that include things like websites and mobile applications, but also go to the final frontier of content, which is content in space or content on voice interfaces or content delivery to some of these user experiences that have only in recent years, and especially because of the COVID-19 pandemic, become a really popular source of information. These days, I work quite a bit, not only on the aspects of architecting websites for content experiences, but also on some of the more cutting edge and bleeding edge aspects of content delivery and information delivery on the um, sort of digital experiences that we're looking at coming really, really close in the rearview mirror, like voice interfaces, augmented, rea augmented reality, excuse me, and so many other exciting new places like digital signage. Um, it's a really exciting time to be in content strategy and content design. And it's really because of the fact that we're not really sure where the words that we write, the words that we say, are going to end up. They could end up on an Alexa, they could end up on a television, they could end up on a digital sign somewhere, or they could end up on our VR headset at home on our couches. Your newest book, Voice Content and Usability, is about to be released. What motivated you to write this book and why now? So Tanya, I've written two books before this, um, if you would believe it. Um, one of those was for developers called Decoupled Drupal in Practice about content management systems and using them in novel ways. Um, the next one was Gatsby, The Definitive Guide, which is also about how to architect websites and develop websites um, in a very, very new kind of uh, paradigm that has just surfaced over the past few years. This is a really new direction for me. My book, Voice Content and Usability, is actually my first foray into the realm of literature for user experience and design specialists and content strategists and information architects. Those of us who work on the other side of the back office as opposed to churning out code every day and more are focused on this idea of how to churn out content that's destined for very different audiences from the ones that we had before. One really good example of this is the fact that over the past two decades, past two or three decades, really, one of the biggest trends that we've seen is a mass migration of content and information and media over to the internet. 
But what's happened is that we've almost become a little bit too biased towards the website when it comes to how we deliver information, how we deliver content, because nowadays you really can't think about a brand or think about an organization or think about journalism without it somehow involving links on a website, um, you know, a subscribe to newsletter button. But nowadays things are really changing and a lot of organizations who are still on that journey towards the website and beyond have only just begun to think about, well, what happens when all this written content that I've got trapped on my website, trapped on these pages that just link to each other with these blue underlined pieces of text actually have to become things that I have to interact with on immersive experiences like augmented and virtual reality, digital signage, um, and also conversational experiences like voice interfaces and chatbots and uh, Facebook Messenger bots and all of those kinds of things. One of the things that I've learned over the years, especially working with a lot of customers who have tried to dip their toes into providing some of these experiences through voice is that voice and delivering content through voice is really difficult. It's one thing to provide written text on a website, but it's a totally different endeavor altogether to allow that content to speak for itself and to give it a voice of its own through spoken content, voice content, speech synthesis, and all of those aspects of natural language processing that are still very new to a lot of marketing organizations and a lot of businesses around the world. So one of the things that I wanted to do was uh, very soon after I finished working on a project uh, with a wonderful team for uh, the state of Georgia, we actually built the very first ever voice interface for residents of the state of Georgia and among the first ever content-driven informational voice interfaces for um, in, the, you know, in the history of, uh, the, of the information age. And one of the things that they came to us with was, hey, not only do we have a lot of people who have Amazon Alexa at home, Google Homes at home, um, Apple Siri on their phones, um, we also have a lot of elderly folks who live in rural parts of Georgia or who might never have had access to the internet before who want to be able to learn about how they can register to vote, how they can uh, take out a small business loan, how they can get that fishing license to go out on the weekends. And oftentimes a lot of this information is trapped in websites that aren't necessarily equipped for the modern day approaches that especially um, younger people and the elderly use to access content. So for Georgia, it wasn't so much a matter of necessarily becoming more modern. It was about enabling more and more of the residents that they serve in their own state to access that critical, fundamentally important civic information that helps them become more informed about how their state functions and how they can access the benefits of state government. And these use cases and these ideas of how we can deliver voice content to people who need it most really run the gamut from not just accessibility when it comes to the prevailing approach of screen readers on uh, web browsers, but also the ways in which we can really shorten or accelerate the journeys that users take to get the information they need. How much better does it sound to ask a couple of questions to a voice bot or to a chat bot um, over potentially having to wait on a hotline or having to sift through a website that might be really unfamiliar or really difficult to use for somebody who's a little bit less accustomed to technology? What design questions must you answer when developing a voice skill or application? That's a really great question. And I think a lot of it is rooted in what sort of 
voice interface or what sort of conversational interface you want to undertake. There's a new field that's emerging in user experience design, in uh, usability uh, studies as well, which is conversation design. And much like the prior fields of web design, mobile design, all of these things that, that we know um, from the industry, conversation design is really about how to craft those really great dialogues and uh, flows that allow for users to get to the content they need, get to the destinations they need very quickly. But one of the things that's really unusual about conversation design is that up until recently, it's been really rooted in a lot of the kind of primary but also normal tasks on a day-to-day -day basis that we um, conduct. Things like ordering a pizza or checking my credit card balance or looking at um, showtimes for a movie and reserving tickets. That's a very different kind of conversation that we have with people uh, than discussing a musical or talking about um, what sorts of things uh, are happening around the world in terms of news or finding out about the latest books um, or even finding out about how to get a vaccine for coronavirus. So a lot of these informational as opposed to transactional user interfaces are still quite rare in the voice technology world. So for designers, especially those who are looking to get more into conversation design and voice interface design, those who are still working in the realms of web design or graphic design or, or certain other areas of design, my biggest advice is that you know, one of the things that's really interesting about voice interface design is that a lot of the design that you're used to with moving around pixels or uh, making sure that you've got that perfect layout for what you want to actually deliver to a user goes out the window because you're really actually focused much more on what we call the most human of user interfaces or the most natural of user interfaces, which is, of course, human speech and human conversation like the one you and I are having right now, Tanya. And it's one of those things that's really unusual because most designers have an innate sense that writing is important to design and writing is so crucial to delivering good user interfaces. But it's not something that comes naturally when it's literally all about writing and all about um, not just writing words, but writing words that are going to be spoken, which is totally different from a lot of the writing that a lot of designers do today. So it's a really interesting time to be involved in voice design because we're in that really interesting in-between period where our devices and our Alexas and our voice assistants aren't quite smart enough yet to carry on an extemporaneous or spontaneous conversation with us in the way that we would expect, you know, when we walk into uh, Target and talk to the cashier or, uh, you know, head on over to our friend's barbecue and and uh, talk about what's going on uh, in the NFL. That's not the kind of conversation that a lot of these voice assistants, these meandering conversations that we have on a daily basis that our devices are used to. And so for designers, it's a really big adjustment because you're not only thinking about how to convert your visual sense of what you're building um, into a spoken setting, into an aural setting, but you're also having to think about how all of that map making and all of that wayfinding and all of that navigation takes place entirely through a voice interaction or through dialogue. And so one of the things I often say is, you know, being a voice designer, being a voice interface designer, being a conversation designer is oftentimes about how to take all of these notions that we have about navigation on the web or navigation on mobile applications and transform them into negotiation, because that's really what we're actually doing at the end of the day when it comes to voice interfaces. 
So what end goal do you see for voice in a decade or two? And what steps are we going to need to take along the way to get there? Another uh, really interesting question, because I think one of the things that's really noticeable about voice interfaces today is that they're still a little stilted. You know, they're not quite 100 percent convincing. You know, when you talk to Apple Siri and ask for directions, when you uh, talk to your Alexa device and ask to play a song, those interactions are still not necessarily the kind of interaction you're going to have with a DJ at the bar or, you know, with somebody who um, is going to give you directions on the street. And a lot of that is because what's missing in a lot of senses is the sort of glad handing that a lot of humans naturally crave, that small talk that always happens. You know, when you go to a supermarket and you talk to somebody at the counter at the deli, you're not going to start off by just asking for uh, whatever hunk of cheese or hunk of meat you're looking for. You're going to be asking about how their day is going and ask about uh, how their weekend's been. And frankly, that aspect of human conversation is still very much missing from these uncanny artificial voice interfaces. There is, um, what's happening right now is there's a really interesting transition, the beginnings of a transition, of an evolution towards what I call conversation-centric design, a term that refers to one day when we can kick off a conversation with Alexa and have exactly that kind of serpentine, snake-like conversation that goes around different topics and, and you know really meanders around different topics like a labyrinth and is able to answer any conceivable question that we might have. But a lot of voice interfaces today still aren't designed to do that. For example, the voice interface that I mentioned earlier, Ask Georgia Gov, the first voice interface for the residents of Georgia, wasn't really well equipped to have those kinds of conversations. It really just wants to know what questions you have about the state government of Georgia, like who the governor is, um, you know, whether you can transfer your driver's license. And it's not really interested in how your day is going. And it's not really interested in would you like another mimosa? So it's one of those things that is really interesting because as we veer more into this realm of conversational, uh, uh, of conversation design that um, entails much more natural language processing, that entails much more powerful devices. Um, one thing that's going to have to catch up is our notion of how conversation-centric design transfers into the ways in which we design for these voice interfaces that still remain very stilted, and how we can eventually reach what we call the conversational singularity. And the conversational singularity is that moment in time, and it'll probably be an undetectable moment in time, but it's that one point in time where after that point, we could be having a conversation with a voice assistant or an Amazon Alexa and scarcely know the difference between having a conversation with a voice interface that's a computer and having a conversation with a real living and breathing human. It's a really big achievement. We might get to it in a decade. I wouldn't uh, necessarily hold out for that, though. I think it's going to be longer. All right, Preston, where do we go to get a copy of your book? Well, uh, my book is available for pre-orders. It just launched for pre-order about two or three weeks ago. Um, the best place to get my book right now is on a bookapart.com. That's my publisher. It's their very first voice book, and it's their very first uh, book on voice content. And um, you can get pre-orders online right now. But my book is actually going to drop on June 22nd, after which it'll be available on bookshelves in a number of places. Um, including Amazon. Preston So, Senior Director of Product Strategy at Oracle and author of Voice Content and Usability. Thanks again for joining us, Preston. 
hey, thanks, Tanya. And looking forward to being back again soon. Yep, absolutely. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews on ZDNet, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.